You're listening to the Dad Whisperer Podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield, the place where you as a dad will gain more tools for your fathering toolbox and where moms and daughters are also invited to listen into the conversation. Now, here is your host, Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dad Whisperer Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield, and I'm so excited that you're joining me here again today, especially if you're a dad who wants to add more tools to your fathering toolbox. Well, the grid that guides our conversation every week is simply on your mark, get set, go. So dad, I want you to picture yourself standing side by side with other dads getting ready to run your fathering race this week. And I'm on the sidelines as your coach cheering you on and saying on your mark, get set, go. On your mark is the topic or the theme. Get set, filling that in with stories and stats. And go is always your practical action step so that you can put your love for your daughters and your sons into action this week. Well, today on the program, I have two awesome guest coaches joining me, Bill and Pam Farrell. I honestly have heard about them for years, and I'm so excited that we're finally making this happen because I've often referenced their best-selling book for years, which is Men Are Like Waffles, Women Are Like Spaghetti. Okay, is that the best title ever? Well, apparently I'm not the only one who loves it because at least over 300,000 other people have already purchased the book and their resources. So you're definitely going to want to stay connected with them after you hear their hearts today. Well, the book is primarily for couples, but we're going to adapt that today to to really fit for the dad-daughter relationship. Well, let me tell you a little bit about them. Bill and Pam Farrell are relationship specialists, international speakers, and authors of more than, okay, drumroll, 30 books. They are the co-founders and directors of Love Wise and Feral Communications, organizations that help today's couples and families develop relational wisdom. They've been happily married for more than 30 years, and their passion is to help others learn how relationships really work. They have three married sons, They now have seven grandkids and their family is growing by the day. And I am so excited for you all to hear about them today and from them. Welcome, Bill and Pam Farrell. Thank you, Michelle. (laughs) So good to meet you. Yes, we have all the same friends. Thanks for uh, taking an athletic beginning. Yes. (laughs) We have like family. Oh, cool. We're like, yes. We're ready. (laughs) We're competitive. (laughs) I'm right there with you. So that's awesome. We couldn't sing, so we went competitive. Oh, there you go. That's awesome. Well, with three boys, too. You're like, let's just get down and dirty. All athletic scholarships. We are grateful, grateful, grateful. Oh, that's awesome. Well, On Your Mark today is a take on their book, and we're We're just calling it Dads Are Like Waffles, Daughters Are Like Spaghetti. Okay, now for Get Set, we're going to break that down and help that make more sense for dads. So first of all, I just want to ask you, can the things that you've shared about husbands and wives in your book, can that apply to the dad-daughter relationship? For sure, because... It goes down to our DNA, XX, XY, you know, God created the differences. So we can adapt God's great wisdom every direction. Okay, cool. Anything you want to add to that, Bill? Yeah, like one of the main things dads are trying to figure out in their life is who are these women that God's put in my life? Yes. He's trying to figure out his wife, trying to figure out his daughters, and there is just a mystery to the whole thing. Now granddaughters in our case. Yes. (laughs) So if dads can learn... 
here's the strengths that God put in me as a dad. Yes. Here's the strengths God put in my girls as daughters. Yeah. They can maximize the relationship. But if you don't learn the differences, you just try to impose your will on each other, and it's a big conflict. Well, you know, I, I'd love you to share then a little bit of the back, back story because I read about it, but I want you to tell the story about how you even came up with this title in the first place. Right. So part, you have to know that this, we had just moved to a new community. Bill was a lead pastor of a small church and we wanted to make a difference in our community. And so we we're both athletes and we thought, okay, let's jump into youth sports. We have kids and they're athletic. They're Makes little. Sense. Yeah. Right. So Bill became like the president of the basketball league. And we have been doing a lot of work with couples and families, and we knew that this difference between men and women was a big issue in family life. So we were doing research, and we were looking for a way to describe it, because most people don't talk in clinical language, they don't talk in research language, and we were looking for something guy-friendly. Because getting women to talk about relationships, that's like fishing at the hatchery. (laughs) Yeah. Getting men to engage is much harder. Yes. So I was carrying this thought in the back of my head. Okay, I need to find a guy-friendly way to do this. Guys like sports, guys like food, guys like cars, guys Winning. like the outdoors. So that's yeah. all just kind of rolling in my head. And then I'm helping out with this basketball league, and a guy walks up to me and says, Hey, you're a pastor, right? And I went, well, yeah. He goes, do you ever meet with couples? I said, yes. He said, okay, can I bring my wife in? I think she's broken. Now, I'm, I'm curious at this point. One, right. why is the guy initiating this? And Which is second, great. what does he mean by my wife's broken? So I made an appointment. They came to my office, and they sat down, and we prayed, and then he said, okay, go ahead. And she started talking from subject to subject to subject to subject, and hopping while, all over the place. While she's talking, he looks at me and says, she does this all the time. <laughs> I think something's wrong with her, like something's broken, and we got to fix it. You know, dads listening are going, you just described my, <laughs> my relationship daughter. with my daughter and my wife or exactly. my ex-wife. And it was one of those moments where it all came together. And I said to him, hey, think about her conversation like a plate of spaghetti. There's a bunch of noodles on the plate. She has to touch every noodle on the plate and she'll jump from one to the other seamlessly. Yeah, and they're all touching each other yeah. at the yeah. same time. So you'll mm-hmm. think she changed subject, but she didn't. She's just traveling through all the noodles. And he went, okay. So he just leaned in and listened to her. So wow. she continued to talk for 55 straight minutes. Oh, my And goodness. then she finally took a breath, and she's like, oh, okay, that was great. My husband listened to me for all that time, like didn't interrupt, and it felt so good. Okay, I am like spaghetti. What's my husband like? And just a side note, he looked at me and said, what do I do now? I said, nothing. Just thank her for sharing. And just leave it at that. Yeah, don't have to right. fix it. <laughs> right. And then I said to her, um, well, you know, we're out of time for today, but we'll meet in a couple Next weeks week. and I'll explain to you what the, the man, man size is like. So they, they left. I, I walked out of the meeting. I said, God, I have two weeks. I need a food analogy that <laughs> yeah. illustrates how men Compartmentalize. Think, because we have a deadline now. Yeah, yeah. I, and I committed to the food thing. So my boys were making toaster waffles one day, and I said, I think that would work. Yeah. And so I went back to this couple. I said, okay, here's how guys do it. It's like a waffle. There's a bunch of boxes. All those boxes are separated from one another by walls. And the way we operate is the first issue in life goes in the first box, second issue, second box, third issue, third box. We spend time in one box at a time and one box only. Yes. So I said to the guys, your turn to talk today. Is there something you want to bring up? He said, yes. So I turned to her and I said, you cannot change the subject. We're going to stay on this one subject. Knowing she probably wouldn't. Stay in the waffles place, right. Yeah. So six times I had Love to stop it. her and say, write it down. We'll talk about it later. And they solved the issue in my office. Then. Saved him from divorce. Isn't that something? So Bill came home and he's like, okay, God gave me this illustration. Men are like waffles and like spaghetti. What do you think we shared at this conference? And I'm like, well, it's kind of corny, but I trust you and I trust God. Let's do it. 
And the rest, the rest just, is history. Yes, right. Thir- like 15 plus languages. There's a singles version. There's wow. a teenage version. I mean, it's the gift that keeps giving. Well, let's just even <laughs> put this here on the front end. I would ask this at the end, but tell tell guys where they can find this. Women listening as well. Where can they find your resources? Well, our ministry is love wise. And so we like to say we park ourselves on the corner of God's love and God's wisdom. So love-wise.com. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. the booksellers. So Amazon's yeah, got Yeah, all those. Yeah. And if you forget all that... Do an internet search on waffles and spaghetti. We, we show you'll, up where they'll find you. Find you. <laughs> I, oh, I love it. And I think, honestly, I can just say for me in reading your book, my biggest takeaway that I felt so validated because often with my husband, I'm like, I don't know what point I'm trying to make, <laughs> but I'll figure that out as I talk it out. And I've always said that women figure things out by talking. Sure. And so often men say, well, I'll listen if I know the point you're making. And it's like, well, I don't know the point till it's come out of my mouth. Yes, and so good. dad's a clue on the point? Yeah, like, like yeah, the, please the, do. The point of all of this is that if a female thinks you're important, she wants to connect her life to you. Because if she gets enough of her life connected to you, you become a trustworthy person in her life. Yes. So the point is my daughter is trying to create trust in our relationship with me. Yes, and that so is profound. And so let her connect her life to you. Yes. And if, if she keeps enough of her life connected to you, you become the expert in her life because you are a trustworthy individual. You know, honestly, if that was the only takeaway a dad really gained today, that would be worth the price of admission. <laughs> because your daughter connected to you. I mean, the research backs that up. Every part of a daughter's life is better if she feels connected. So that's back to the heart turn that God talks about in Scripture. And at the end of the Old Testament, he says, if that doesn't happen, he'll come and strike the land with a curse, which I don't think we have to look very far, do we, for that. But that how do you connect? That's what oftentimes I'm talking to dads about. Okay, I know the word. What does it mean? Exactly. You're just saying it means listening Listening. to all the places she goes. It doesn't matter if they make sense to you because somehow they'll tie together to her. And that was that was my biggest takeaway is I'm now going to be able to say to my husband, just keep listening. It's all spaghetti. <laughs> and, and I think you've probably heard this over and over is it almost makes it a metaphor out here so it's less negative. It's not like what's wrong with you, what's broken right. like that right. couple say. It's just this is how God wired our brains. Sometimes I don't like it any more than you do, but... Sometimes it feels like I can't do much about that. Right, because God created it for a good reason. Bill has like a really fun illustration with our grandkids that happened at a football game that really drives home that point. So our oldest son is a high school football coach. So I make a habit of going down the field and my grandkids will join me. So I got my grandson and my granddaughter. It's fourth quarter. My grandson gets in this group. He walks up to me, hands me a football, says, Papa, set it up. I set it up, he kicks it, runs against the ball, runs it back, goes, Papa, set it up. I set it up, he kicks the ball, he runs and gets it, brings it back. Papa, Papa set, set it, it up. up. Yeah. We do this over uh, and yeah. over. While he's doing that, my granddaughter standing right next to me, and she's telling me what she wore to school on Monday, <laughs> and what friends she talked to, and what she had for lunch, and what homework is hard, and then the clothes that she wore on Tuesday, and the other friends oh, she my had. Goodness. Told me her entire week, undaunted by her brother running back and Set it up. Saying, set, set it up. up. And what I want to say is double points for Papa because that was a lot you were doing at the same time. Multitasking. Well, this same granddaughter, on my birthday this year, we were with all the grandkids. And Pam asked the grandkids, what do you appreciate about Papa? And that granddaughter said, he's really relatable. How old is she? What's she going to say? 15 and a half. I was like, what's she going to say? say?" And and when she said it, I went. Connected. 
Oh, we got trust developed. Oh, I love that. Okay, this really is a great tie-in to to a quote that I wrote down that you have in your book, which is the bottom line with men is they feel best about themselves when they're solving problems. Therefore, they spend most of their time doing what they're best at while attempting to ignore areas in which they feel deficient, which is often what I've I've discovered about Martians, right? I'm from <laughs> Venus, but I say I'm bilingual now. I speak Martian and Venusian. But what we know is that at the end of the day, if a daughter feels like she's a problem worth solving, that isn't going to build trust. It's not going to connect her to a dad. So what would you say to that dad that says, okay, I know my innate wiring to problem solve. She doesn't want me to solve her problem. What do you tell that dad to do? Oh, well, I would say to the, the dad, this is a skill we need to add to our life that is, you're not going to learn this from your guy friends. Because when guys get together, we're trying to figure out the point, solve a problem, overcome a challenge, and we encourage each other in that area. Well, when you, when you start adding females to your life, whether it's a wife or a daughter, now you have to add a new skill. And that skill is, the best way I know to describe it to men is you need to learn recreational conversation. Recreational conversation? Like, I've like never if, heard like that word. I think Bill might have coined it. With somebody that you like, uh-huh. you don't finish the walk and then go, okay, I want you to tell me everything you saw. We're going we're gonna to detail every scene and we're, and we're going to evaluate. We don't do that. We just went for a walk and went, gosh, thanks for doing that. I mean, we laughed. We had a great time. Yeah. Well, we need to learn that art in conversation because all of the women in your life are going to just, they just want to verbally share their life with you. They don't want to be analyzed. They don't want to be fixed. They don't want to be figured out. They just want to be enjoyed. Yeah. So men yeah. have to learn the art of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Like I know when I got married, I thought there's coming a day that I'm going to understand my wife. I don't know what day it's going to be. <laughs> I'm going, to ask I'm going to spend enough time with her and I'll wake up one day and say, I understand her. Well, I've been married 43 years now. And oh, I, 43. And oh, man, I'm, I was way off on my stats, wasn't I? My only, con- my only concept now is I'm still curious about the love uh-huh. of my life. And uh-huh. I will be curious for the rest of my life. I apply that to my granddaughters. I apply that to my daughter-in-laws. Uh-huh. Because if I stay curious, they remain valued. Excellent. Anything you have to learn that skill. Yeah, I love that. Anything you want to add, Pam? Yeah, I think one of the things that I've seen Bill do with our granddaughters is uh, he is a safety net. So if they are struggling with some IT thing or if they want, you know, a picture hung in their room, just the practical, like, Dad, can you do this with me, for me? And listen to me while you're doing it. That builds a relationship a lot because there's hearts. Each one of our girls' hearts have dreams and hopes and aspirations. But oftentimes, if you get a girl doing something she loves, she'll start talking. And then you're going to get more and more information about her. For example, our middle son, he has a daughter, and our oldest son has two daughters. And so they take their girls once a year to daddy-daughter dance, right? Uh-huh. And so the little one is seven. And he came home, he said, okay, hon, like every week we're going to have a date. And she goes, can we do a daddy-daughter dance every week? Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. cute. So yeah. she found something she loved to do with mm-hmm. dad. And he set aside that time, and he listens to her heart. Yeah. Now, he wasn't raised going to ballet shows. She's a dancer, so he's there, you know, building the sets yeah, or whatever exact, it takes. Whatever it takes. Yeah. Well, what would you say to the dad? Because this is what I hear sometimes in the trenches of my counseling office is dads that say, I'm maxed out at the end of the day. I have no ability to listen. 
there's, I already used my 7,000 words, as <laughs> Lou Embers and Dean says, right, in the female brain. She's, you know, they, you know, it's a generalization, but that men typically use 7,000 words a day, women 20,000, almost three to one. What do you say, Bill, to the dad that goes, I got nothing left. I don't, I can't listen to any more words. I, I, I would say to dads, based on my own experience and things that I have learned, is that that idea that I'm maxed out, it's kind of an illusion. Because as men, we tend to carry work home. And, and when we see home as an extension of work, we, we have nothing left to give. But if we create a routine from work to home, where we prepare ourselves. So if, if we choose markers on the road, say, when I hit this marker, I'm gonna start shutting work down. And I'm gonna leave work behind me. And then when I get to the next marker, I'm gonna start thinking about, okay, how am I gonna relate when I first walk through the door? And when I get to the door, what's the first thing I'm going to say? Who's the first person I'm going to greet? And then how am I going to put myself in a frame of mind where I'm now family-focused, not work-focused? What Excellent. happens when you make all those decisions on your way home is you recapture emotional energy. Uh-huh. You go to a different part of your waffle box, and you're no longer at work now. Now you're in a relatable family box, and you rediscover energy that allows you to then interact oh. with your family and listen to your Oh, but if I love you don't that. go through the process of going home, you'll just be in the same box you were in all day, and you know, that exhausted you, and now you come home exhausted. You know, that even reminds me of, you know, using the sports metaphor again, is that how often is a team going to run some plays ahead of time? If this happens, go here. If this happens, and you have a strategy that you've already thought through so that whatever is, quote, unquote, thrown at you, you have some options. And I would even say... Pick, pick a route you can do again in case you get to the last <laughs> and, you're and you're not ready. ready. Go back and do, <laughs> do a lap. Again. Do so a lap. You get to the front door. <laughs> that you're ready is. For your and awesome. you know, moms can help a lot there too. I I have great daughter in laws, and so they have encouraged their kids. Okay, we're gonna take five. Give dad five yeah. minutes, yeah. and I know you want to spend time with them. And then let's bless dad first. You know, That's give him his favorite snack or whatever. Yeah then he'll be ready to listen. So Cool. So it's kind of, kind of a win-win as a team. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, the Ferrells will continue sharing more practical tips for you as dads to dial into your daughter's heart space. Are you a dad who has ever desired a deeper connection with your daughter but haven't known how to go about it? Let's Talk Conversation Starters for Dads and Daughters is the very resource you need. Dr. Michelle wrote it with you dads in mind. This book will support you with scripted questions, equip you to decode your daughter, and inspire you with stories of other dads and daughters. Don't wait any longer to be the hero you want to be and that your daughter needs you to be. So to let the talking begin, head on over to drmichellewatson.com forward slash books and order your copy today. This book will become a favorite in your fathering toolbox and will give you the answers you've been looking for. That's drmichellewatson.com forward slash books. Now, back to the Dad Whisperer podcast. Welcome back. I'm here today with authors and relationship specialists, Bill and Pam Farrell. We're talking about how dads are like waffles, Daughters are like spaghetti. Well, I love in your book how you talk about the brain. I love neurology. 
neurobiology, psychology, <laughs> that kind of thing. Because, right, some dads say it's hard data. Like I can, I can look at the stats. I can look at some of that information. So in your book, you have a chapter titled Different by Design or a section. And you share some data points about like physical differences between male and female brains. What do you want to say about that? That might be helpful for some dads listening that like science and stats. I'm going to give you just a fun illustration first in that a toy company wanted to see how boys and girls played differently. So they put a trampoline in the room and they put the girls in first just to observe how they played. And the girls immediately came up with a little social system. One little girl, she was the timekeeper and she made sure everybody got the same amount of time on the trampoline so nobody's feelings would get hurt. <laughs> then they brought the boys in. All the boys jumped up on the trampoline at the same time, started jumping up and down, pushing each other off, and the last guy on the trampoline got the longest turn. Which <laughs> right. all guys think, of course, he got the longest <laughs> uh, turn. Of course, that makes sense. He's yeah. the alpha male. And yes. then they yeah. wanted to create a, a dollhouse that both boys and girls would play with. Now, after raising boys, I'm like, I could have saved them a lot of money and the dollhouse <laughs> is not going to do it. Okay, But anyway, yeah. they wanted to see how boys and girls would play at the dollhouse. So the little girls came in and they were decorating and moving the furniture <laughs> of around. Course. The girls were talking to each other, their little dollies and a big social system. The family was created. And then they brought the boys in. And the boys went and found the baby carriages and started launching them off the roof to see how far they would fly. <laughs> They're just different. <laughs> there you go. And what I would say to dads, like the, the two most important things I think physically. One is all females have more connections between the two sides of their brain than men do. Because when men are in the womb, there's a testosterone bath that happens that severs some of the connections between the two brains, sends a signal out for other connections not to develop. So when you are problem solving, yeah. men tend to stay on one side of the brain. So if a man starts on the right side or the left side, he'll stay there and work through the problem. His daughter is jumping back and forth between the two sides of her brain while they're discussing. And so the girls will naturally tie every thought to an emotion and every emotion to a thought, which is why women tend to have better memories because they attach everything to Special, an emotion. Yeah, emotional memory. While yes. dad's trying to eliminate the emotion in the conversation. And so if dads recognize when they bring up something to discuss with their girls, the girls are going to tie thoughts and emotions together seamlessly. Yes. And the men need to let them process through both sides. Yeah. And then as, as much as he can, say, honey, what would you like to do about this? Because if he gets the decision-making process rolling, it harnesses and focuses the emotional energy and helps her get there quickly. Say the question that a dad, that might be your go step dad mm -hmm. today. What's right. the question when he's right. probably a deer in headlights going, there were so many <laughs> words. I don't even, there was so much. What spaghetti. are we talking about? I've got sauce all over my face. Honey, what would you like to do about this? What would you like to do because about it that? puts her in decision making yeah. mode. Yeah. And the thing I wish people had told me earlier in life is that emotions follow decisions. Yes, they do. So if we can teach our daughters to be better decision makers, they harness the emotional energy of their life rather than it running crazy. Excellent, excellent. And what we as men try to do is we, it becomes simple to us, so we just tell them what to do, which takes away their decision-making and creates emotional turmoil that then confuses them. Exactly. The most successful dads that we've seen have great relationships with their daughters also help their daughters, like, when the teary, the flood of tears comes, you know, because little girls can really soak those tears for all their worth. Yes. Yeah. And so they'll wrap their arms around that little girl and hold her and hold her and say, okay, in one minute, I'm going to ask you, yeah. 
what you want to do about this. And we're going to dry up our tears and have that conversation. So he helps prepare uh-huh. her for, to be a decision maker yeah. and capture her own emotions, not just let her emotions run her. You know, I remember one time when my dad, we, we had to take one of our dogs. And this is, I'm an adult. I mean, I was done with school. I'm in private practice, you know, as a counselor. And we're taking our dog to the pound because we have to put him down. He was old and 14. And I tears are coming down. And he's in the front seat on my lap, which he never got to do the front seat. I'm feeding him Rolos and Junior Mints because usually you don't feed dogs candy. Right. But now it didn't matter. Right. So he's in hog heaven. But my dad looked at me and said, I can't take care of you and the dog. And I just said, Dad, I don't need you to take care of I'm just feeling my feelings. But see, I think dads often get overwhelmed because he right. felt like I was his to fix or to take care of. And I think if you can ride that wave with your daughter, she'll calm down. She's got to, that midbrain is on fire. So it floods. We call it that prefrontal cortex. It goes offline. But that's oftentimes part of the process of your daughter getting to calm is getting that emotion out first. Well, and I would even say to dads, start monitoring how long it takes your daughter to do that. So you know your girl. Oh, I love that. Because they all, they all have a rhythm. Yeah, and they're all different. Yep. Yeah. So it might take her 10 minutes. It might take five. It might take 15. But if you know, on average, it takes my daughter about 12 minutes to get there. And the first first 12 minutes is just, I'm just taking the journey. I'm waiting for it to calm down, and then we'll start talking. And I can't hurry her up. Because we all have our own wiring, and if you try to, it's going to backfire. It gets louder, you see, yeah. We're back to curiosity. You guys are so practical. You are so my people. I love this because I don't think dads need more theory. They've got enough information, but when you're making it practical, here's what you can say, here's what you can do, which is now a great segue into I love, I underscore the word love, that you talk so much about communication from the beginning of your book to the end. And you obviously are demonstrating that here today because that's why I wrote Let's Talk, which actually my <laughs> husband said you could call it Let's Talk and Listen. Uh, yes, but that's for sure. such a hard skill. But we have two ears, one mouth for a reason. And so I love that you said, Bill, you can learn this skill, Dad. Absolutely. It's just and a skill. It's, it's not, a skill. not an inborn trait. Exactly. Right, and it's a skill. All men are in the same boat. Yes. It's, even though that might be on a continuum, if you have the mindset of I'm going to learn from my daughter how to better pace with her, she'll feel that back to the connection. Yep. Curiosity, I love it. So you actually talk about four levels of communication. So now, can you share can I, more can about I those? Throw one thing in of course, as a yes. Because if you want to work on communication, one of the best places to do it is over a meal. Because when men eat, the part of their brain that makes them happier gets stimulated. So you as a dad are happier in the environment. And the, the part of the female brain that sharpens her eyesight becomes stimulated when she eats. So she becomes more aware of herself and more aware of her environment. So if, if you're in the habit of taking your daughter out for a simple date uh-huh. and talking there, you will find it easy. Come on. And dads, <laughs> I'm going to add my own take to that is I have found that when there's a rhythm and there's their place, yes. even going back to that same place, because I know a daughter after her dad has now gone to heaven, mm-hmm. she'll go back to where he would take her for ice cream cones after her music lessons. And then that place becomes a symbol, a metaphor of where that connection happened. That's so true. I, like, I had a dysfunctional relationship with my dad. He was an alcoholic, severe rage. So oh. I, I'm like the girl who Abba Father had to heal her heart oh. so that I could then relate to my dad. Um, but God can work the relationship both directions. So as a daughter, I made it my goal. Lord, you healed my heart. Help me be a healing agent to my dad now. And so he loved wow. country music. 
And so that became a bridge yes. that I could start rebuilding a relationship. And then when he um, went to heaven, what do I listen to on Miss Dad? I listen to country music. There you go. So it, wow. there, that place, it's an emotional place yes. as well as a location. Even music. Something that becomes that. Thank you so much, Pam, for sharing that. What it, What's happening in your heart, even just telling that story about your dad? Well, I, I think sometimes if you've been an imperfect dad, like if there's something in your past, it's very easy for a dad to just like, I just want to escape. I don't want to face up to what I've done. But honestly, one of the things that God did when um, I was a very young mom, had a teeny tiny baby, God said, Pam, I, I have taught you how to forgive your dad and I extended that forgiveness. Now I want you to write a blessing to your dad and write the things he did right not the things he did wrong. The things he did wrong, that was a very long list. Okay. But God reminded me of a day when I was a really little girl, and Dad and I did an Easter egg hunt, and I won the grand prize because oh. Daddy saw a smashed and broken golden egg, and he brought me over. And, and so we carried this broken egg mm. to the judges, and I got this big you know, prize basket. I was proud of wow. Dad. He was proud of me. Uh-huh. So God gave me a word picture. So that I could write this tribute, I gave it to my dad at Christmas. My dad said to me, Charlie, thank you so much for using your kind words to write such nice things about this battle good old boy. If you ever want to use our life story to help other dads and daughters, you can do that, Charlie girl. So I do. And I tell you, our relationship was really rebuilt I have a much closer relationship with my dad before he went to heaven than my siblings who didn't take that extra God told me to do this step, forgive, and then, you know, bless my dad and thank him for the things he did do right. Yes. Oh, thank you for sharing that. And you're really modeling to those listening that... We can do this work on forgiveness and healing at any age. At any age, What yeah. were you going to say about that, Bill? Uh, I, I was going to jump to the question you asked because I'm in <laughs> Oh, see? Okay, we're living <laughs> this out. <laughs> I'm listening to your wife, and you're like, I'm ready to go on the four levels of communication. The four steps. Okay, the first you know what I always call We yeah. go the scenic route, and then we get back to the main highway. Yeah, Thank you. Thank you, sir, for bringing us back. I was on a country back. road. Here. Yeah, we were on a country road. Take me home. That's right. Okay, thank you for keeping us on track. Okay, Mr. Farrell, what do you have for us? What are the four levels of communication, sir? So, so you want the four levels or the four keys to being a good listener? You know, I... Let me, I let me just give it I think that's the harder one. I will let you I think take as, that as where you guys, want. guys, we have a really hard time listening. Yeah, you're because right. Because we, we want to re- get to the point so quickly that, that we miss the yeah. heart of the conversation. So I, I know my relationship with my whole family changed. When I learned that the first step in being a good listener is to repeat key phrases. Mm-hmm. That, that rather, than, rather than try to respond to everything they say, you, you just pick out the most important thing they said. Which, the most important thing is either going to be something that's emotional, something that's unexpected, or something that they say and then run away from really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you look for those and you just repeat it back. So, so like if Pam were to say, you know, I, I had a really frustrating day today and I, I did this and this and that and that. And at the end of the day, I just felt like I was a failure. If I say to her, well, you felt like a failure. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or you she, were frustrated. She's going to have permission emotion to words. Emotion words, that's right. Yeah. Okay, excellent. And, and if men can start to learn that, when their daughters are talking, then they just pick out the key phrase, feed it back to them mm-hmm. in a tone of voice that says, I'm interested. It starts the listening process. I lo- you would almost think that we had talked before because <laughs> I teach dads listen for the keyword or the last word if they yeah, get the yeah. camera and ask who, what, when, where, how that we learned so early good. and pair them. I say use why in as infrequently as you can because like it's a looping question. Right? I don't know. <laughs> and for the man who but I love know that you brought that. Why question? The answer is because. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So there you are. You have okay. Your answer now. Other yeah. keys to listening. So the next one is to recap what you heard. Because if all you do is repeat key phrases, you start to sound like... So you put it in your own words. What I hear you saying is... Which is a lot easier for some dads that go, I don't know what to say next. Just mirror back, we call that. Exactly. And you can even start off with, I think what you're trying to tell me is... Oh, that's good. And then just roll out your thoughts, but then hand the conversation back. Uh Let her respond. Yeah. Excellent. Because what too many people say is, okay, you're saying this, and then they take the conversation over. Mm-hmm. Well, if you miss the point and you take the conversation over, now you frustrate the whole conversation. You're right. And so, she doesn't feel heard. No. Excellent. So, yeah. So give her an opportunity to okay. either clarify or confirm that you've got it. And okay. Then the, the, the Put it into one positive thing. So let's say, you know, dads are uh, struggling with their daughter. She's just driving you crazy. Yeah. Pray and ask God to show you one positive thing about your daughter just and what? then just bombard her with there like, you go. oh, but you're so unique. You're, you don't, you're, you're different than every other daughter on the earth. You know, just like 27 ways to say you're unique. Oh, I um, love so it. it's 101. Right. Yeah. And it's really important because studies show women think they're successful if enough people tell them they're successful. Right. There and you the go. the most important voice is dad. Okay. So much more we could talk about, but those that want to get your book, you've got a section, a chapter titled Waffles and Spaghetti as Parents. So dads, you can get some practical things there. I love that you guys talk about applauding your kids' dreams. That's beautiful too, but I've got to, I've got to read one more thing that you say on page 181 and 182 of your book, <laughs> which is in terms of future success, the discernment to recognize a good choice in a mate and the ability to maintain emotional balance in life dad is the difference and a child's relationship with dad is the most important factor in determining how he or she will react to the rest of the world and I put a big fat yes with exclamation points (laughs) so even dad if you are needing some encouragement Bill and Pam and their book will encourage you by by really celebrating your role as a dad well I end every show with a go step so I want to ask each of you if you were to give dads now each of you can share one thing that a dad could do today to better validate his daughter's delicious spaghetti wiring. What would you say to that, Dad? I'm going to say learn that men and women process stress differently. And so your daughter's going to talk her way through stress. Like when I'm stressed out, my mom knows it, my sister knows it, my best friend knows it, the clerk at the grocery (laughs) store will know it. So your daughter needs to talk her way through stress. But you, as a man, like to go your favorite easy boxes to rest and recharge. Guy kind of helps us girls out in that most of boxes are shaped like boxes, these rechargers. TV screen, the computer, the iPhone, the football field, basketball court, baseball diamond, refrigerator, those are all shaped like boxes. But invite your daughter into one of your favorite easy boxes. Let her get to know Love it. your favorite things because that you'll be yourself when you're in one of your favorite easy boxes. And then she connects. Exactly. Oh, I love it. How about for and you, Bill? I would say to dads, tell your daughters often, I believe in you. 
and tell your sons I'm proud of you and never get tired of saying those two things. Love it. Oh, my goodness. Bill and Pam Farrell, thank you so much for being here. Tell people again where they can find you. Love-wise.com is our website. Lots of freebies there. Oh, Thank you both for sharing your heart, your wisdom, and your lives with us today. Well, On Your Mark has been Dads Are Like Waffles, Daughters Are Like Spaghetti. Been here with Bill and Pam Farrell. Well, this wraps up another week's program. It's been so fun to be here with you all. I'm Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield, the Dad Whisperer, signing off and encouraging you to make today where you intentionally and consistently invest in pursuing your daughter's hearts. Go Dads! Thanks for joining us for another edition of the Dad Whisperer Podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. If you're looking for more resources to support the father-daughter relationship, or if you want to connect personally with Dr. Michelle, you can find all the information you need at drmichellewatson.com. That's drmichellewatson.com. And remember, you can listen to the Dad Whisperer Podcast anytime on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. And while you're there, we'd love for you to subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you again on the next edition of the Dad Whisperer Podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield.